Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you've decided to tune in. If this is your very first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If this is your second or third or fourth time, welcome back. I'm so excited that you're still listening. I've been getting some really good feedback from you guys, and I really appreciate it. But if you would be so kind to take the time after you listen to the podcast and leave a review, you can also share the podcast via Insta Stories, Facebook, um, or any of your social media platforms with your friends um, or anyone that you know that may need some help and they're a mom or a single mom, just share it. I greatly appreciate it. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Dominique DeVazier. She is a certified matchmaker, divorce mediator, life family relationship coach, and she's currently pursuing an advanced degree in marriage and family therapy. So I'm going to read you guys her bio, and then we'll get right into the conversation. There's a new matchmaker in town, and she is helping single parent professionals find love on their own terms helping them blend and balance their families more effectively while serving up some no-nonsense, tough love in the process. Meet Dominique, 29, who became a stepmom at 18, single mom at 23, and met and fell in love at 26, and she's currently blending her family successfully with minimal drama and no help from the courts. With at least 10 years of life experience under her belt, Dominique decided to marry her experience with her passion for relationships and launched Devazier and Company, a boutique matchmaking and relationship agency designed with single parents in mind. So, what is her advice to single parent professionals who are ready to jumpstart their love life? Stop using your child in your career as a crutch. Being a single parent, CEO, or professional is a role that you actively play in your life, but it does not define you. Stop assuming that just because you are a single parent professional, no one will understand your demanding schedule. Life is all about balance and choices with or without children. Your child will grow up and leave you in the dust because they have their own lives to live as they should. Get you a village, start doing the work internally, and get back in the game. I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm like, oh my gosh, when I first saw what you were doing, I was like, I have to have her on the podcast. You know, a lot of women, you're welcome, and thank you for being here. A lot of women don't really know about matchmaking, and if they do, it's something that, you know, we don't really talk about, so it's really good that we can really just, yeah, we can just sit down and talk about it so um i was reading over your bio and i was like wow this is amazing you actually became a single mom and now you have found love again so tell me a little bit about that experience relationship with my daughter's father Um, we had been together anywhere between maybe five and seven years it's been so long now um but the experience alone was not the best experience. I had my daughter when I was 23. I was not expecting to um, have any children, to be honest with you. I was literally that friend that's like, nope, I'm not having any kids. I'm just going to be the great godmother or auntie that buys all the dope gifts for Christmas. And that's pretty much it, right? Right. I was that same person. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, God was like, absolutely not. Um, You're going to have a kid. (laughs) And so um, I ended up getting pregnant. And after her one-year birthday, I actually left her father. And um, the first year of her life, the co-parenting relationship was um, a very unique experience for me. Um, but we got through it without the courts, without having to get police involved or, you know, any of those types of things. 
that you normally hear about in those instances. And so I was fortunate enough and blessed enough not to have to um, deal with those kinds of things. And so for about two years, I was single. I picked up the pieces of my life after leaving my daughter's father. And dating was just not on my mind, to be honest with you. And I can totally understand both women and men when they say, I'm okay with being single, you know. Um, And what does that look like? What does that, you know, what does that even mean? And for me personally, me being okay with it was like, kind of like just going through the motions of being a single mom. You know, my day started as early as 4 a.m. and ended as late as 11 p.m. And I literally was going to work and going to school and taking her back and forth to daycare. And then on the weekends, I was taking her Um, and even meeting her father somewhere or dropping her off at her father's home. And by the time I made it home, me and Olivia Pope had a date, honey, and I was on the couch (laughs) with my red wine, and I was not thinking about a man for for no reason. And so um, it's not that I didn't want to date. It just really was not on my mind. Like, I was in the zone. I had this this routine that did not include a man. And I'm not really sure um, if that was a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I just got accustomed to picking up the pieces of my life and I had got a new job and I bought a new car and I got a new apartment and I got her in daycare. And, you know, it was all of those different steps that you take as a single mom or single dad, because there are some single dads that's going through this type of thing as well, to um, make sure that your child has the the normalcy that you want them to have, you know. Right. And so um, after two years, uh, I returned to church because my life was a complete mess. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I got to get this under control. I'm going to go and see the Lord. So I went back to my church um, that I had been in since I was a baby. I was baptized in that church and um, christened in that church. And my mom got married at that church. My grandmother was uh, um, really big in that church. And so I went back where it all started. And actually, believe it or not, uh, my mom and um, my significant other, uh, his mom, they're really good friends at church, and they are the reason why he and I met. <laughs> so they were our matchmakers, if you will. So Aww. that's pretty much how that happened. Interesting. I know for me, um, I can definitely relate as well because it's like I moved to another state. And so mm-hmm. I don't have like anyone to help me. So it's kind of like you said. I'm waking up at 4 a.m., which, you know, I try to do for the most part because if I don't get up at 4 a.m., I don't really get a lot done. And I'm, like, Mm -hmm. going to bed at 11 or later. Now, sometimes I will try to get in bed by 10, but that's rare, you know. So Mm -hmm. I definitely can relate to that. Now, you said you were able to pick up the pieces and, you know, kind of – get your life back together. So for those women out there who are like struggling and I know like myself, I'm kind of in the same situation. I'm like, I don't really need a man or I don't feel like one can fit in my schedule right now. And I remember Mm -hmm. listening, listening to another lady and she was saying how um, you should treat dating like, you would anything else like scheduling anything else right she was just mm-hmm. like that um you know you have to put the time in and if you don't have the time then maybe it's not for you right now you have to be able to carve mm-hmm. out that time to devote to you know talk to the guy and get to know them and things like that and I was like well you know I kind of just feel like I don't really have that time right now so for those mm-hmm. people maybe like me or just struggling in general to um, get back out there. Uh, how do you think that we'll actually know that we're ready or that we can actually find time or make time? Like, I don't know. How does that look? Or can you kind of help me out with that? I'm not really sure how to word it, but you get where I'm going with that, right? 
Um, I, I'm not really sure that there's a such thing as ever being ready. Ah, you know, okay. For, for me, I personally, like when I look back on it four and a half, five, yeah, four years ago, um, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready at all. Like, I honestly think that God made that choice for me. Like, after the relationship with my daughter's father, I literally had a conversation in the middle of my bed with God. Like, I'm telling him, like, yo, I'm done. Like, I don't really know what you think this is. I don't wow. appreciate your your sour sense of humor. But, like, this relationship stuff is just not for me. Like, I'm good with everybody else's relationship. Like, I get I got receipts for other people's relationships, <laughs> but when it when it comes to mine, child, it's it's something else. And I'm I'm imagining he's up there like, mm-hmm. okay, like you gonna tell me what you gonna do, what you ready for, right? And so when he and I were introduced to one another, um. And neither one of us actually, and it, it came out later on in our relationship, neither one of us was ready, quote unquote, to be in a relationship. He had just got out of a, a long-term relationship. I had just got out of a long-term relationship. And and technically speaking, we weren't ready to be in a relationship with one another. I don't think you're ever going to be ready. It's just something that you either make time for or it kind of like, comes out of nowhere you know um for those who are you know super busy and I hear this all the time oh I'm married to my my business I'm married to my job I'm married to my my you know profession and and my children that's a a major one oh my child I I want to do it for my child I, I have to be there for my child that's great And I'm going to tell you right now, it is absolutely nothing wrong with you wanting to give what you can to your child and and be married to your career or your business because those bills come on a monthly basis like clockwork. They don't stop. So I would never tell you not to give um, 100% to your business. But even those that are successful, even those that have money, if you look at these celebrities or whomever, they still want love. Even even Patty Stanger, she is the millionaire matchmaker, right? She is the guru of love. Even she said she would give up all of her riches and all of her millions and all of her fame to love. That's that's one of the um, one of the things on a a Maslow's hierarchy of needs is right up there with air and food. Mm -hmm. You need it. Right. You know, and from a spiritual perspective, we were not put here to be by ourselves. Now, a lot of people, I think myself included, we say we're okay with being single because we've, we've made some very bad mistakes in the past in our relationships. And so it's almost like, well, you know what? God, you let me get up out of that one unscathed. So I'm going to just be cool on this this dating and relationship thing. But that's really not what you want. Now, are there ways that you can prepare? Absolutely. I I think one of the ways that busy professionals um, or single parent professionals can prepare is by being honest with themselves. Some of us have contradicting thoughts. On one hand, you want to be in a relationship, and then on the other hand, you don't. You got to choose one. You can't straddle the fence. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's so it's true. It's just like saying you're a little bit pregnant. There's no such thing. If you want to be in a relationship, there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't see why, especially as women, and we we have evolved so much, Um as a group, but it's almost like when you hear a woman say, I need a man, you immediately want to throw her in a volcano. Like, it's nothing wrong with needing a man. It's nothing wrong with wanting a man. Needing a man does not mean that it makes you less than a person or less than a woman. It just means that you have enough sense to know that there are certain things that you need a man for. 
right? And so, like I said, you have to be very honest with yourself. I don't mind being independent. I'm, I'm extremely independent. I will get up and change the light fixtures and the toilet seat and take the garbage out. And I even know how to take my tires off. If I have a flat tire, I know how to change the oil on my car. Does that mean that I want to? Absolutely no. not. I need a means <laughs> right. to do those things. Right. I want you to do those things to me. Right. And we, we try to replace them a lot. You got toys now. You have all kinds of things. That does not take the place of an individual that you can form a bond with, that you can have a conversation with. So you have to be realistic and say, yeah, I'm cool with being um, single. Like, I'm, I'm good being single, but I'm great when I'm in a relationship. Because now you have somebody to pour into you while you pour into them. It's, it's just like those of us that are in business. The business doesn't matter if you're not giving. Right, right. My business is to serve. I serve people on a daily basis. Whether it's helping you get over a bad breakup or helping you find the love of your life, I have to serve. That's the only way that I feel complete. It's no different than a relationship. You got all of this stuff. You accumulate all of this stuff, all this knowledge and all these experiences and all this money and all this prestige and all of this power, position or whatever. Who do you share it with? Yourself? Your child? And as far as those who want to use their child as a crutch, because that's exactly what you're doing. You're using your child as a crutch. Oh, no, I can't go out because my baby needs me. Your baby don't care about you. And I don't mean it in a bad way. What I mean is, is that your child does not really need that much attention. Not not as much attention as you think they need. Right. It's all right. It's perfectly fine for you to take an hour and go out. Two hours and go out. For those people that don't have the help, you have help. You're just too proud to ask for it. It's called a village. They didn't, they didn't put that quote out there in the 80s mm-hmm. for no reason. It takes a village to raise a child. Sometimes the village is not your family or your friends. Sometimes the village are the people who are in your child's daycare facility or um, grammar school facility. Some people are on, like, if, like my daughter, she's in ballet. So I have a host of moms that I literally have to talk to and meet and greet with for an hour to two hours on Saturdays. We get to know each other. You'll you'll be surprised at how much you have in common with those women. And they don't have anybody. So what do you do? You form a little a little pod, a little group, a little clique. Yes. Okay, Fridays is my night. Do you mind keeping the baby on Friday nights? Sure, if you don't mind keeping my baby on Saturday, that's cool, too. I can deal with that. That's how you form your village. There really is no excuse for anybody to be single, aside from the fact that you just don't, don't want to. And that's fine. But for those that want to, there are ways for you to date effectively. And, and that's what part, that, that in part is what matchmaking is for. Like, I understand that you're busy. I understand that, you know, you are super successful in business, but you suck at dating. Like, it's an art. Dating is an art. It's no different than anything else that we do in life. You have to master the, the art of dating. And so you don't have the time to vet these individuals. So I do it. I ask the questions that you, you want to ask a year or two down the line. No, you need to know this right now. I don't care about what you look like. I don't care about your bank account. I don't care about any of that. I need to know your values and your morals and your character and, and the things that make you and this individual compatible. And it has nothing to do with your look. Cause that I can I can work with that. Yes. That's <laughs> yes. 
I can deal with the looks. I can send you to get your hair cut. I can send you to get your hair colored. I can send you to, you know, look like a totally different person. <laughs> but character and personality and and values and morals, those are things that you accumulate as you get older. I, I'm not Jesus. I don't, I'm not no miracle worker now. Right. <laughs> so much I can do. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, it's important that those that are single, um, I have a um, boot camp, if you will, where even if you don't want to hire me to be a matchmaker, I can teach you how to be your own love scout. Oh, you know, wow. I talk to women all the time and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know where to find this man. I I, I want to, you know, I want to meet a certain kind of man, but I can never meet him. Okay, well, where are you going? Because if you think you're going to meet this man that you, you are dreaming about and you, you know, you're praying about, and that's another thing that I think is very interesting. There are women who say that they don't mind being single, but you pray to God every night that he sends you a man. <laughs> like, I you got to choose one. You're right. It's, it's a contradiction. You can't pray that you want a man and then verbally to your girlfriends or whomever ask you, oh, I'm okay with being single. I don't want a man. Well, now you just canceled out that prayer because you spoke with so much conviction about how you don't want a man. Now, which, which one is it? Because God does things in decency and in order. So I'm not going to give you something that you're just going to mess over. Yes. And for those people who may be like in the, like, I don't know, like you said, you can't be on the fence, right? So what if they're Mm -hmm. battling with that? You know, they feel like, okay, maybe I want a man or maybe I don't, maybe I'm okay with single, like being single. Like, how do you get past one or the other? Like, how do you finally, I don't know if you know um, how to actually turn one off and turn one on, or is that even possible? No, I think that those that say that they want to be single, it, it comes from a, a place of reference, meaning a past relationship. And I'm very big on accountability, okay? I'm huge on accountability. That's, that's one of the things that my coaching clients, they love and they hate about me, <laughs> honestly, because I'm not the coach or the girlfriend or the the whoever that's going to just pretty much let you skate on by thinking that you did not do something to contribute to your bad relationship. If I can look inside of myself and say, yeah, you're the reason why that relationship ended or you had some type of hand in the way that things occur between you and an ex, I think that you can do it too because accountability breeds progress. It's so easy for us to point the finger, oh, he did this and he did that. He cheated on me. He lied to me. He hurt me. What did you do? Right. Nobody wants to say what they did. Once you realize what you did, it makes it a little bit easier for you. It's quite uncomfortable, but it makes it easier for you to say, okay, well, you know what? I fucked up. So I need to fix that, right? Right. It's something, it's a personality thing, a character flaw, whatever. I need to fix that. I tell women all the time, if you ask your last three exes what they did not like about you, what would they say? Would they agree on the same thing? Because if, that, if that's the case, it's not them, it's you. You learn that in algebra. Is algebra geometry fractions? Fractions, when you multiply fractions, the only way you can cancel out a fraction is if you have what? The same common denominator. Uh-huh, right. The only reason why these relationships are ending because you are the common denominator. Right. And then you I keep doing I'm... the same thing over and over and over again. Right. Okay, I was just going to say that I think a lot of times, too, it's like it, it boils down to communication because, you know, we don't like to talk things out and we want to talk over the other one and it's just a matter of sometimes being able to just you know sit down and talk about those things that 
you may not mm-hmm. like, you know, instead of just like um, letting it all build up inside of you and then just blowing up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a post I saw once and it said, do you, do you talk to listen or do you talk to respond? Do you, do you listen to hear or do you listen to respond? Something of that, that nature. And basically it was saying, when you talk to your significant other or whomever, are you actually listening to what they're saying? Because a lot of the times when we listen to stuff, we're immediately thinking about what we're going to say next. Right. Yes. I, yes. We, we don't, we don't take the information and process it. And what I think is, um, because I'm, I'm very transparent. I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I hate when people say, oh, you're a love expert. I am not at all. I just, I enjoy um, helping people in this area of their lives, but at no point in time do I ever want to be labeled an expert. But I personally um, have struggled with communication, baby. I was the text message queen. You hear me? <laughs> me and and my my daughter's father would literally text. Like he would be in the garage and I would be in the bedroom and we would text each other. That's how we communicated. And I'm talking about you have a whole damn novel by the time we were done. <laughs> and then when I got into the relationship um, that I'm in now, um. He forces me to have a conversation. You know, it's a different kind of thing when someone says, can I talk to you? Yes. Are you yes. available where I can I can meet you? Because we need to talk. And it's like a face-to-face conversation. It's, it's right. Kind of it's way different. And I swear <laughs> it's the most uncomfortable thing for me because I had gotten conditioned. And, and that's something else that people, um, both men and women, need to be very mindful of. The relationships that you've been in have a tendency to condition you, okay? And so you take on these, some, some, of, some of them can be bad habits and some of them can be good habits. I mean, conditioning is, is conditioning, whether it's good or bad. And so for me, that's bad. You don't have serious conversations with your spouse via text message because the very first thing that they teach you in any communications course is that, there are three parts to um, communication, the sender, the receiver, and the message. As the sender of that message, whatever your message is, it's your responsibility, your responsibility to communicate that message to the sender in a way in which that they can understand it. It's your responsibility. So if I text you something and you don't see my facial expression, you can't catch my tone, you can take that and run with it. You know, that's why when you hear, um, like in corporate America, they're really big on this. Don't you send a message with all caps? Baby, you asking to get wrote up because that means that you're yelling, right? The very first time that I heard that, I was like, now how in the hell did y'all get that out of me sending a message, all caps? But that's email etiquette. That's what they came up with. I prefer to talk to you. I need to see your face. I need to get your mannerisms. I need to hear your tone of voice, your cadence, the whole thing. And so a lot of the times um, when it comes to communication, some of us don't really know how to effectively communicate. And then you don't realize there are various styles of communication. The way that you communicate might not be the way that your partner communicates or the person that you're dating communicates. And that's kind of the fun in dating. You know, for some people, it's like pulling hair or pulling teeth. But really, you should always be an avid learner of your partner. You should never stop learning your partner. Just like they say you, you should never stop learning in life, you should never stop learning the person that you're dating or learning the person that you're in a relationship with. Yep, I totally agree. It's like, I don't think you can ever like completely know a person. And like you said, it, it takes time and you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. You do. You absolutely do. And, and some of the things, you know, are easier to live with 
than others. Um, but you you definitely should strive to um, get to know those things about your partner. You know, you you will definitely uh, be surprised at the things that you learn about them. And, and some of the times, hell, they don't even know it. You know, when you can shock them, you're on to something. Like, did you know when you laugh, you know, you kind of tilt your head a certain kind of way or you kind of frown up a, a certain kind of way when somebody says something, you know, those triggers, there are happy triggers and there are not so happy triggers. And sometimes because we've been in our bodies or our minds or whatever for an extended period of time, we don't pay attention to those things. So sometimes your partner can kind of look at you and be like, did you know? Because I had that happen to me recently and I was like, wow, I, I didn't realize that. Had no idea. So it's it's a good idea to not only get to know your partner, but continuously get to know. Because you should always be evolving as an individual. You should always be evolving, which means that if you have two people in a relationship and they are evolving um, individually, once they get together, they should be evolving as a couple. Because you should not be your partner's only influence and your partner should not be your only influence. That's why, like, power couples are are so dope because they have different experiences that they bring into their relationship and then they maximize it. Right. And I like that. Because you got your own set of mentors and he got his own set of mentors and he pick and choose some stuff to bring back to you and you pick and choose some stuff to bring back to him and y'all get in the bed and y'all pillow talk. Right. Now y'all coming up with e-books and e-courses and, and taking trips and all kinds of stuff. That's how you grow. That's how you evolve um, within your relationship. Yes. I was going to say, um, I, there's this one uh, post I saw. It was saying something along the lines of you have to be whole alone before you can be anyone's half, you know, because if mm-hmm. you come in half, like what are you actually bringing, you know? And it goes back yeah. to what you were saying about, you know, just bringing something to the table so that you both can maximize on that. I totally agree with that. Now, um, for those parents who actually um, don't have any family nearby or their kids are not in extracurricular activities, you were talking about building a village to, you know, get back Mm -hmm. out there and maybe take an hour. What do you think that those parents should do? Um, I know personally I've used care.com to find like a babysitter. But I don't know, mm-hmm. do you have any other suggestions? Like, have you ever tried any uh, 24-hour daycares or anything like that? Any other recommendations you have? Um, you know what? I think, and, and that, those are great ideas. I've never utilized them myself. However, I have um, had clients in the past who did not have any family or did not have any, any friends, close friends or relatives that could help them with their child. And so they did take my advice and decide to kind of look, you know, toward the extracurricular activities that their child might be involved in. And it kind of, um, it fostered a, sisterhood amongst them because they were all in the same boat. You know, some of them, they had family members that just simply did not, you know, deal with them or the child, you know, others, they were recently divorced and, you know, trying to pick up the pieces and and really needed that help. And so they were able to come together and it was about three of them. um, And they, they alternated. And those, those individuals, you know them. You've had interactions with them. You know, I'm not saying to go and meet them on Monday and y'all y'all decide to do this 
the following Friday. No, you need to know who's taking care of your child because I don't care how much you want to date. Your child needs to be safe. You need to feel comfortable with whoever is watching your child. And so, um, you know, it started with them having play dates. Yeah. They had play dates. Um, at each other's homes, and that's a good way to kind of interview one another. You go into the home, you get to see how they keep their home, how they, you know, deal with their children, how patient they are with their child, which means that they they might have that same kind of patience for your child, and you get to see how they interact, how your child interacts with that parent, and how that parent interacts with your child. Um, and this is just an ideal situation, and it. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. You have to use your best judgment, of course. But I think using Care.com or Angie's List or any of those online sites are great because they have reviews and things of that sort. But you want to kind of interview those people and and get your child um, acclimated to being around that person for it you know, an extended period of time. Cause sometimes an hour out on the dating scene can turn into two or three hours right? with the right person. <laughs> and right. so you want to be sure that whoever is um, caring for your child knows how to properly care for your child and um, that your child is okay with being away from you uh, for hours at a time. Because I dealt with that separation anxiety and what I realized is, is that the separation anxiety was more so on my end than it was on my daughter's end. My daughter is, is very independent. She's six. And when I started dating, she was three. Or, yeah, she was going on three. And so I was just like, I can't do this, you know. But her father and I had a schedule. And so he kept her on the weekends. And so that's when I would go out and, you know, um, hang out with my girlfriends and I didn't really do the dating scene like most of my singles are now. Like I said, my mom and his mom were our little matchmakers, if you will. So when me and him started actually dating, then we would go out and hang out and things of that nature. But I think that it's important that when you're you're building your village, you kind of know what it is because you have to be strategic. You know, your your time, every minute of your time should be accounted for. And so I tell, you know, my singles, who are you, what, what kind of man are you looking for? I'm looking for this and I'm looking for that and I'm looking for this and I'm looking for that. And, I'm looking for that. and I mean, they have like this ridiculously long list. Okay, cool. Can we kind of like condense this to like 10? All right, we got 10. Now, based off of these 10 things that you absolutely are not willing to bend on, where does this man hang out? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Where where do you plan? Do you expect for him to fall from the sky? (laughs) Where, Where does he... Where does he spend his leisure time? And you would be surprised at how many people look at me wide-eyed like, what the hell are you talking about? Exactly what I said. Where where does he hang out? Does he go to the grocery store? Does he take his mama to church? Does he take his grandma to bingo? Does he go to the casino? Does he go to the local pub to watch the Bears play? Where does he hang out? Because that's where you need to be. You have to be strategic. You can't just think you're going to walk down the street and poof, he just going to pop out of nowhere like some State Farm commercial. It doesn't work like that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So true. So I tell my single single mompreneurs or or single mom professionals who want to get back out there and start dating, first you need to get you a tribe. Once you get you a tribe, you need to be very strategic. Strategic about who it is that you're looking for, where it is that he he spends his time, and what exactly are you going to say? Or what are you going to do to get his attention? What? You mean I have to do something? Absolutely. Now, some people might not agree with this, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I happen to be a rebel. It's just a part of who I am. But I have to be very realistic with whether you're a client or not. 
we all know that women outnumber men. Okay. So everybody wants the tall, dark and handsome professional who's like super dope, dresses very well. He has money. He's attained some goals. He has some type of prestige, some power, some position. He's got all the fixing. We want him, right? Who don't want him? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who don't want him? Okay. So I always tell women when you're out and you're in it, because most. I don't know why the hell this is so popular, but okay, you're in a lounge or a bar or a club. And honestly, this is a tip. The man that you're looking for, most likely he's not in a bar or a lounge or a pub. He's not. Try your local Starbucks. Try your local library. Try your local art gallery um, where there's live music, things of that sort. That's probably where you need to be. Not at the lounge, not at the bar. You might get lucky sometimes, but it's it's very rare now. Um, the bar and the the pub normally has married men or attached men, and they go there to watch the game or to meet up with their friends or because they don't want to go home. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't be real you don't about want to get yourself caught up in those kinds of situations. Like, I know men who just go and walk around Walmart because they don't want to go home. Wow. Don't go to Walmart looking for a man because you're going to find a married man (laughs) or an attached man. So what I'm saying is that you understand now why you have to be strategic? Yes, you don't want a situationship. (laughs) No, you don't want no situationships. You You don't want any of that. You want something that is yours and yours alone. And honestly, church is not outdated. All right, church is not outdated. You go to the right church at the right time. <laughs> I always say Mother's Day, Christmas, and the church anniversary is normally when men show up with their grandmother or their mamas because they want to make them happy. Okay, Mother's Day is like jackpot. Okay, I bet you if you go to the Potter's house. <laughs> in Dallas. First of all, the Potter's House has a lot of men, period, right? But if you go to the Potter's House on <laughs> Mother's Day, it's a very good chance that Miss Jenkins with the cute hat that always sit in the front, she got like three or four grandsons that you can choose from. That's where you need to be. Don't discount the mothers in the church now. They <laughs> and they know who's single, they know what they need. That's who you need to talk to. Um, but yes, when you are in these these atmospheres where there's other very attractive women, they're also very well educated and, you know, have a nice car and live in a nice neighborhood and have a nice home and, you know, all those different things. What do you do to set your part, set yourself apart from the competition? What do you do? And they're like, Oh, he's just going, he going to look at me. He going to look my way. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. Optimism is, is absolutely <laughs> wonderful, right? But let's be realistic here. You are in a room full of women who are also smiling because a lot of us don't like to smile. We have what, um, I don't know if it was basketball wives that coined the phrase, the rest in bitch face, but yes. we all have it. From time to time, you know, you look like you're just having a hard day. Your hair is laid. Your, your dress is nice. Your shoes are the bomb.com. But your face says something totally different. And what women need to understand about men is that they suffer from the same thing that we suffer from. We don't want to be rejected and neither do they. So if you're not giving off a vibe that you're approachable, they're not going to approach you. They're not going to approach you. So smiling, of course, it's an odie, but it's a goodie. You have to smile. And it's very awkward for some, even for me. Um, but because of what I do, I don't mind. I, I'll spark up a conversation anywhere. It actually it's an exercise for me. I still do it. When I'm in the grocery store, I make eye contact and I speak. Even if it's the man at, at the produce, in the produce section, I speak to him, I say hi to him, and I'm going to head on about my business. 
because I know some of us have um, very intimidating, a very intimidating presence. Sometimes your, your aura makes it in the room before you even do. And like me, I'm tall. I'm tall. I have really big hair. And so that's what you see when I walk in is this tall lady with big, pretty hair. And that's usually the conversation piece for some people. Oh, my God, I love your hair. Oh, my God, I love your shoes. Oh, my God, I love your purse. Those are conversational pieces. And so that's how I tell introverts. Like, I'm an introvert. I want you to talk to me before I talk to you. So I make sure that I pick my hair out. And it's a really big fro. Because naturals are like the shit now, right? Everybody yes, wants we to. are everything. <laughs> okay? Everybody wants to be a natural or date a natural or whatever. And so it's like some type of exotic whatever around us being natural. So I make sure that my hair is freshly washed and really big and really curly. And I swear, men love it. And they're like, oh, my God, I love your hair. Can I touch it? No, 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 no. You can't touch my <laughs> hair. But thank you for the compliment. What are you drinking? See how easy that is? Right. And I'm sure, like, the conversation just, it keeps going. But some of us are so socially awkward. So I have a boot camp for extroverts and a, a boot camp for introverts um, in terms of dating. And they require different things because I understand that some of us are more outgoing than others. You know, I have some women that will be like, oh, Dominique, I got this, and just walk up to the man, and they exchange numbers, and they're ready to go on a date, whereas I got another that's just like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom because I feel like I'm about to pee on myself. Like, hold on. It's really not that deep. We're going to get through this. (laughs) Right? We're going to get through this. And so... um. I usually tell them when you're you're in the room and you're with other women that are equally as beautiful and equally as um, educated and have all of these different things, what are you going to do to set yourself apart? You know, it's kind of like a job interview. When you go to a job and you really, 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 really want that job, not only do you show out in that interview, right, you say all the right things and you might crack a joke or whatever, usually... And I worked for State Farm for 10 years. Um, and so what we would do when we would hire, the, the main reason why we would hire someone is because they sent us a follow-up email. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me. I really enjoy our time together. You know, I've admired the organization for X, Y, Z, or whatever, whatever, whatever. I hope to speak to you soon. It was a follow-up. That's why they got the job. What's your follow-up going to be? And so for me, usually, and I've done it more times than I care to admit, but it works every time. It works every time. I will send a man a drink. I will literally send a man a drink. And it doesn't take anything away from me. He gets the drink. And usually one or two things happens. He either looks over and he holds the drink up, you know, kind of says thank you and kind of watches the scene to make sure that I'm by myself. And that's why I tell women to stop traveling in packs. You don't have to take 12 of your girlfriends with you <laughs> to the bar. You don't. Leave them now. I understand safety and, you know, precaution and I understand all of that. Leave them across the room. Leave them across the room because no man wants to walk up on you and 11 of your girlfriends and take the chance of you shooting him down. That is a long, lonely walk back to the other end of the bar. But if you're sitting there by yourself and you send him a drink and he kind of looks around to make sure you ain't got no man, right? Make sure you don't have a man or anything trying to talk to you and, you know, because they're going to watch and survey the scene as they should. He's going to get up and come over and talk to you. So it's very important that you be very strategic. If you see a man, you like the man, you want to get the man's attention, 
be strategic. Do something to get his attention. I had a client. We were um, actually, she was my coaching client. She wasn't a matchmaking client. Um, she was a coaching client. And we were in Saks, I think. Or no, no, no. It was Nordstrom Rack, excuse me. And we were kind of like catching up. Actually, we were, you know, we went out for lunch and then we, we went over to Nordstrom Rack and we're just talking and, and shooting the breeze. And, you know, when you're talking to somebody and you, you can tell when they're not listening to you anymore. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I looked over at her and she's like not listening to me. And she walks into the tie rack. And I'm like, you know, I look at her and then I look across the way and it's this guy who's um, over by the bags, the, the, the men's bags. And she's literally like drooling. And I'm like, you see something you like? Oh, no, 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 no. And she was one of those. I. She wanted to be in a relationship, but she was gladly single kind of thing. And I said, yeah, you see something that you like, right? You do you are you attracted to him? And after going around around the circles with her for about a good 10 minutes, you know, and he's looking at these bags. I'm like, this is not going to last forever. He's going to get the hell out of this store eventually. I picked up the ugliest tie. I mean, the ugliest tie that they had over there. And I said, take this tie and take it over to him and ask him his opinion. Tell him that your father's birthday is in two days and you'd really like to know what he thinks about this tie. But this tie is ugly. That's the point. You want him to tell you that it's ugly so he can help you pick out another one. Go. All right, guys. Time is up. So sorry to end it here. I know you're wondering, like, oh my gosh, I wonder what's going to happen. But come back next week and you'll be able to find out what happened when the lady actually took Dominique's advice and went over to talk to the guy. Dominique definitely dropped a lot of gems in this episode. And if you come back next week, I promise she's dropping even more gems. If you know another mom or a single mom who may be interested in dating but they don't know how to get started or get back out there, share this episode with them. You can share it on Instagram via Instagram stories or your feed or you can actually share it on Facebook or just tell someone. Um, The podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can connect with me on Instagram at singleblackmotherhood or visit the website at singleblackmotherhood.com. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye.